Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman Stubbs and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck Batman. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. And welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and joining me, as always, is the one and only Spencer Simpson. Good afternoon, everybody. I regret to announce that um, just as Jared is a shitty audio Jared this time of year, uh, today I will be shitty audio Spencer. So we will be Sag and Sass up here on the show today. I'm told you can't really tell the difference, but I'm actually recording um, on my phone. So, <laughs> so yeah, you don't. Yeah, yours is not. I feel like mine was like such a steep drop off because i went from like the really nice microphone to boom cell phone yes Um, and i went and i went from mediocre to more mediocre so we're not we're not doing too bad no but both of us have decent phones like decent microphones so we can uh we can live off this for now um spencer how was your week um really good and really bad at the same time um for those of you who have ever tried college um, I had finals this past week. You which, ever do a college? <laughs> if, if you if you ever did college, <laughs> and, and you know that that that's a a time and a half, not necessarily in the good sense. But um, I took my last final last night at seven o'clock, and it's over. It's done with. I'm moving on with my life. Um, going into the summertime, which is awesome, and I feel great now. Um, now that it's all over and I'm looking forward to being back home with, with you guys, um, and with my family and getting started with my summer gig. I'm just, I'm just super happy that, that I don't have to worry about academics for the next couple months. Uh, and we are all counting the seconds to get to look at your beautiful face and the fact that I'm going to get to look at that beautiful face. At least once a week this whole summer. I know. We're going to be recording together. I think we told them last time. And I'm super excited for that because it's always it's always much much more fun when we're doing oh, it face-to-face. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much more fun to do it face-to-face and way more fun than doing the uh, multiple, multiple audio takes like we did for the MCU recap. Oh, man. <laughs> that thing took like four hours. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you guys but, enjoyed that because that was nothing but blood, sweat, and tears on our part. Yes, hopefully, uh, if if you didn't listen to the very end of that uh, of that podcast, go back right now. Like, pause this. Go back <laughs> to the MCU recap video and listen to like the last twenty seconds because there's an outtake of me completely screwing up one of the one of the lines, and it's pretty it's pretty funny. And then attacking my microphone. Yeah, I, I, but but just yeah. Pause the video right now and and then go go listen to the last like fifteen twenty seconds and then come back. But 
Um, yeah, it'll be great to be back in town, uh, be within uh, within sniper's distance of of you guys. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a very skilled sniper either. It's like just sit yeah. on top of the house and and you know in the general direction and bam, you know. Well, I'm glad you put so much thought into uh, splattering my brains all over my wall, Jared. I have thought of nothing else for twelve years. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, <laughs> no, my week uh being busy, working, stuff like that. But uh yeah, cranking out more dubeck stuff, cranked out a couple more reviews last night. Um looking forward to seeing Aladdin next week. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook or not, but I and several other people shared this clip that Disney put out. Of like the first minute and a half of uh, the Prince Ali scene. Yeah, dude, it's wild. <laughs> like it is, it is so visually stunning. And then like Will Smith is perfect for Genie. Like it is everything we thought it was going to be. Is that you or TJ? That's 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 me removing my sandals because I'm in. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure what that was. I didn't know if TJ was shuffling around and didn't mute himself. Um, but Typical. no, it's really, no, no, it'd be very rare for him, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> Aladdin, you were saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but like uh, Will Smith is just so good for the role, and like I'm just so excited to see this movie because I know ninety percent of what I listen to this summer is going to be the soundtrack of Aladdin. It's like Greatest Showman 2.0. Oh, yeah. Only this time it's beloved Disney stories and not like a really weird sanitization of a very, very bad man. Right. (laughs) In any case. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, And, you know, Childish Gambino featuring Beyonce, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Oh, man. I love me some childish. I do too. And I am also a quite casual Beyonce fan. I am neither quite nor casual in my fan of Beyonce. A little bit single ladies, you know? I I enjoy single ladies, but not the song. (laughs) What about Crazy in Love? Crazy in Love is good. Anyway, oh, I don't want to talk hard. about Beyonce anymore. Welcome to the Hall of Beyonce podcast. I'm your no, host no, no. I did not approve that. <laughs> no, CJ, Spencer, we're making the transition. That we're not talking about comic book movies anymore. This is a strictly Beyonce podcast. If, no. this, is, if this is Beyonce only, I'm walking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't talk about Beyonce and say good things. <laughs> the whole so, network is making a shift to Beyonce. Dubac is about Beyonce. Gordon Moore is about Beyonce now. Uh, so why don't we get we're we're getting kind of crazy here. Why don't we uh reel it back in and start talking about our weekly news? 
Uh, we've got a couple things uh, in store for you today. We got a trailer. We got an interesting tweet. We got an article, a poster, and we'll be finishing off today's episode with a debate style discussion between Jared and myself on whether or not Batman is worthy enough to pick up Mjolnir. So stay tuned for that later in the episode. Jared, why don't you start us off with the trailer? Yes, so we finally got a trailer for HBO's new Watchmen TV show. Um, Spencer, you've never read Watchmen, have you? No, I, I don't know very much, if anything, about the show. Um, have Okay, if, if it's still on Netflix... Watch the Watchmen movie that came out about like tenish years ago. It, okay, it, it, it's a decent movie. Um, it, it's a Zack Snyder flick. Uh, huh. so it, 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 <laughs> okay, you, you can expect a little bit of weirdness. Yeah, it, it's visually stunning, but there's some there's some character stuff that doesn't quite work. Um, but it's a very dark story. Uh, the whole idea of Watchmen basically being the... It, it's basically an indictment of superhero culture. Huh. Uh, and kind of looking at it through the lens of like, what does this life... What kind of effect does this life have on the superheroes? What kind of life does this... Or what kind of effect does superheroes have on the culture? have on society okay um, it's a very interesting story it's a very good read i do enjoy the movie uh though it does have a few shortcomings um but watching is a very interesting story and i'm really looking forward to uh getting to see the show uh you know hbo has to very quickly uh very succinctly get people to keep their subscriptions after game of thrones wraps next week um so they, uh, they, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited for what they can do on HBO with this. Um, cause it can be pretty gruesome, especially with Rorschach, who's probably the most iconic character from it. Uh, he's the one who has like the ink blot mask and like the trench coat and the hat. Right. Um, but yeah, really excited. Spencer is someone who doesn't know much about Watchmen. What'd you think of the trailer? It was really interesting. Like, um, I didn't, know much going in but just the trailer has done it's done its job really because it's it's piqued my interest it got me google searching like okay what's watchmen all about um everything you need to know before you you know see the watchmen tv show stuff like that um and and still not knowing a ton about the the premise of what the show is going to be like it's a show that just seeing the trailer, I would want to watch. I'd want to check that out. It looks interesting in a weird and creepy sort of a way. Um, you know, yeah. like a, a world that is similar but isn't quite our own. So what's the you know, what's the difference? You know, I wanna yeah. I wanna dive headfirst into this universe and and get to know it, you know. A a lot of what makes it really fun is that it has that like it's a very um warped version of like the cold war era americana okay okay kind of the aesthetic that it goes for um and i really like that and it's very eerie and it it, it doesn't feel right you know what i mean right yeah 
I would I would say get um based on that it would I feel like it would give me the same sort of vibes that Man in a High Castle gave me. Did you ever yes, see that? I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Which is like as it was it was uncomfortable. I could only watch like one and a half episodes of it because it just made me so uncomfortable with with the thought of how that world would have gone. It's just like, uh yeah, exactly. It gave it gave me shivers down my spine, you know, to think of living under the thumb of a of a Nazi regime and a and a Japanese empire and all the the what we know about American society and rights and stuff like that just being thrown out the window. It was, it was terrifying. But in any case, yeah. a little a little uh, a little fear goes away in in uh, in fiction yeah. so i'm sure it'll it'll turn some stomachs and definitely turn some heads oh yeah yeah i think you're gonna like Watchmen a lot we gotta sit down and watch the movie i think you'd enjoy it like well, i said it's i'm i'm about it, to come it, home for the summer so yeah it like i said it kind of suffers from like Zack snyder so but i i enjoy it on the whole um Spencer, you want to talk about this really cryptic tweet from Spider-Verse's official Twitter account? Um, yeah. So if you're on Twitter uh, and you do not follow the, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse Twitter feed, um, here's what they posted a couple days ago. They have a picture, a really cool-looking uh, picture uh, with these neon colors of, of Spider-Man just kind of leaning over the edge of something into a pool of, I don't know, Jackson Pollock-looking I, I think it's supposed to be, like, part of, like, the portal crackle, crackling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's, like, leaning over. Um, what is that behind his head? Uh, I can't tell. Part of me, I, I can't tell if this is, like, a screen grab from a moment in the movie where like he's fighting the giant scary version of the green goblin. And that might be like the goblin's hand or like, I can't quite tell what is in that. image Cause it kind of looks like he's, he's got his uh, spider sense going on above his head too. that little like eh, 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 uh, visualization that, that they usually give us in the comics and stuff. Yeah, like I said, I was trying really hard to tell what exactly it was. It looks like he's like looking into like a portal or something. Right. Um, and I've been trying really hard to make out what is in that thing yeah. uh, that he's looking into. Now, again, I couldn't quite tell because I've only seen Spider Verse once. If this was like a if this was like a still from the movie, or if it was like unused art whatever it is um but and again another movie you're gonna have to see when you um yeah, very yeah. stunning um you know in hindsight i kind of wish we did see spider-verse instead of vice that night um <laughs> nothing against vice, vice, vice but was, it, it was worth the watch though it was worth the watch but and like I, I i don't know if i would have seen it if we didn't go that night to see it and the chances of me having you know seeing spider-verse later on were pretty good so i have no regrets i wish i would have watched it sooner though i'll tell you that especially on the big screen 
Mm -hmm. But that image came out at a moment where multiverse talk is very high right now. We have the events of Avengers Endgame, which... Again, if you haven't seen the movie, we need to talk openly about spoilers. So pause this and binge listen to like the past three episodes at this point um, after you see it. But after the events of Avengers Endgame with how the time travel works, with, like the multiple realities theory, um, with them talking about the multiverse in Far From Home, there's a lot of multiverse talk that like... I can't quite tell of Spider-Verse is paying lip service to Far From Home, paying service to Endgame. That was also right after the spoiler embargo lifted. And I don't know if, like, See You in the Next Dimension was supposed to be, like, a goodbye to Tony Stark. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think we ever... With the text, Sorry, everybody. The text along with this picture says, See You in Another Dimension, with, like, a little peace sign emoji and a spider. So just so everybody's up to speed, I don't think we ever said what the no 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 I yeah good good looking out because I did um, anyway, but I so then it could also I, it also could be uh, a hint for a sequel. Like I went through the comments and I saw literally every possible option being talked about in the comments. Like I saw people saying, "Oh, like the peace sign is supposed to be like two, like Spider Verse two, um, which they." tease at the end of the first one or the one for now but um they would be insane if they didn't make a scene so i don't know what the what the meaning of the tweet is like i said we're gonna have to like stay tuned for whatever they say next but i'm really really hoping that this is a sequel like sooner than later um and as i don't want to spoil anything and give anything away about it um because i think you're really gonna like it <clears throat> uh but yeah so i want to know who's running this twitter account and who is being all goofy and <laughs> using us all because Le- leading us on hopefully it's uh there's a there's a reason behind it and they're not just yeah. playing with us and like i said they could be just be paying lip service to the two other movie Marvel movies that are out right now that involve Spider-Man that are toying with the multiverse and it's like it's maddening it's like tell us tell us what it is yeah but moving right along alright Jared it's time for me to put you down for your nap because we are talking about the Dark Phoenix poster <laughs> uh, we have the, we have Bob Hiker's thing with the uh, variety article oh why do you hide that stuff i uh i can't see it <laughs> it's it's hidden but anyway sorry everybody once again i have bunned the order of today's show it's, a, it's okay it's, please, well, please don't fire get, me get the, yeah once you do get the dark phoenix you can put me down for so. Okay. All right. I'll 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 put you down for your nap after the Bob Iger the, the <laughs> article. This yeah, is from so, Variety, yeah. and it's headlined: Marvel will unveil post Avengers Endgame slate this summer, says Bob Iger. Uh, here we've got Disney CEO Bob Iger hinted during the studio's quarterly earnings call Wednesday 
that Marvel Studios will likely unveil the next slate of films from its cinematic superhero universe at some point this summer. Um, there are huge opportunities, Iger said, of the possible sequels, spinoffs, and standalone superhero films to come, but there are many, many different directions that we can go. Um, I am anxious and excited. I feel like for the most part, we have an idea what's coming um, in the future. In general but, sense, yeah. Yeah, we, have, we, we know that we're getting you know more Strange, more Black Panther. We're getting a Widow movie. Far from home, obviously, because it's here. We're getting Eternals, but I'm interested to see. There's also supposed to be a Shang-Chi movie. I'm... Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, when is that? It doesn't say in the article. No, it doesn't doesn't tell us no. when Shang-Chi is coming out. But in any case, I'm interested to see how much of a long-term plan we're going to get once they release this late because we have a good idea like we like we said we have a good idea of what's coming in the next yeah, couple years a, yeah everyone is due for it i'm just but, interested yeah. to see what what they've got in their in their long game yeah i'm really uh, curious about this i'm also curious as to when where they're going to announce this uh, be it in yeah. or D23, because this is a D23. Right, right. Um, which D23 means we're, there's going to be a do-back episode because we're probably going to get a second trailer for Rise of Skywalker this summer, which means what, what? another moment of me hysterically crying and watching it over and over and over. Um, like a babe. Yeah. yeah. Oh pathetically. my God. <laughs> You should. I really wish you could have seen me in the theater seeing the Rise of Skywalker trailer. <laughs> I was hysterical. Trust me, so do I. <laughs> like, because when we were showing an Endgame, it was the last trailer before the friggin' movie started. So I'm like clutching my, like the collar of my shirt, like physically choking up watching the trailer, and then like literally every hair on my body stands up. Um, during the Palpatine laugh, and I'm like wiping tears from my face, and then Zach and Kason look over at me, and I was like, that was a lot. Now get ready to watch the movie. And I'm like, what the fuck, you're gonna drop me into Endgame after that? <laughs> you can't do this to me, man. <laughs> like, bicycle kick me in the groin, emotionally, and then be like, alright, go watch your favorite heroes die, bye! Um, I don't think you know how a bicycle kick works. I'm talking about like the Mortal Kombat one. Oh, uh, okay. That, okay. Well, you could basically just suspend yourself in air for however long you want to. While I you're thought, just I thought, yeah, I thought you were talking about like a soccer bicycle kick. No, I'm which, talking which, about. Which like, obeys the laws of physics, by the way. No, I'm talking about the Liu Kang one where you just like jump eight feet in the air and just. And just like, you know, repeatedly. Kick right, just go ham. Yeah. Um, if you double meter burn it, it's really nasty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really want to see where they announce a lot of this. Um, I do want to call attention to this one bit in the article here. Um, Iger noted that when Disney bought Marvel, they estimated that there were some 8,000 characters that populated the comic book universe. He added that the forthcoming stories will be platform agnostic. Um, as previously announced, Marvel is the Disney Plus that's going to have the Loki, Falcon, uh, 
Loki, Falcon, and Winter Soldier, and then Scarlet Witch and Vision. Um, they have Falcon and Winter Soldier listed separately. I think those are supposed to be like a joint show, um, kind of like WandaVision. But the term platform agnostic is interesting. Yeah, it's kind of cryptic. Uh, I've taken a second here, and I'm I'm trying to riddle it out. What is, what do you think they're they're he's trying to get at with platform agnostic? I would be stunned if their objective here was to start doing theatrical releases on Disney Plus as well. Like, huh. okay, um, Black Panther two comes out this weekend, and if you pay like a little bit up. You can watch it at home on Disney Plus. If they were to do that, that could be devastating for theaters. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that could fuck a whole lot of stuff up if they were to do that to themselves. And and you and I are classic fans of of the movie theater feel, like the vibe, the the experience of being in the theater. Oh yeah. And so, like, of course, unless we were in a pinch, you know, you and I would never sacrifice the the thrill of a of a debut film in Absolutely. theater, you know, yeah, for a new release over sitting last, at home, last, you know, last, in your in your couch. Yeah, exactly. I'd much rather like you know because that communal experience. Like, yeah, you could have very fun and intimate experience like watching it on your yeah, at, at home but there's nothing there's nothing like the theater there's more gravity to it exactly and that's and if that's what they're talking if that's what they mean with the platform agnostic that's gonna make a lot of theater ceos very nervous and sweaty <laughs> yeah and not not in the fun way like no and in, in like the scared for their jobs way. <laughs> Uh, exactly, because like, I hate to say this, you know, because I do, I don't want to be that guy, like, there's so many, like, nerds who just like to shit on everything and just talk mad shit about Disney for no good reason. Like, Disney is becoming a dangerous corporation. Like, they own fucking everything. They're monopolizing. Yeah, like, they, it's, uh, Disney's a massive monopoly. And for the most part, I don't complain about it. Because um, they give us content we like to see. It's exactly. just, you know, they, like, they, they pork barrel it with all these other things that, that cost money and limit opportunity and stuff like that. You know, like they, it, it is hurtful to the environment of film in a way where, like, it is so hard to keep up with Disney that eventually it will just swallow everything. And it's... I really hope that Disney does not try to like corner the market of movie going to, okay, that big release, because how many of all of the big releases this year are Disney? A lot. Like there is a hysterical amount. And I know I've talked about it on here and do back before. But just look at all of like everybody's top ten most anticipated movies that are blockbusters of the year. Almost all of them are Disney or Disney flicks. And if they weren't at the beginning of the year, they are now after the Fox merger. Yeah. So 
I am not that anybody was considering Dark Phoenix to be one of their most anticipated releases of the year. No, I'm just I I couldn't remember if Fox had anything else Uh (laughs) out there. You know, like I said, just you know, give me my give baby his bottle, and I'm going to sleep through the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, Um, don't don't worry, I'll put you down in just a minute. (laughs) But it's it's kind of frightening the idea that like Disney might single handedly gut movie theaters. It's scary. Don't want that to happen. Like I don't. I'd like to think that they're not going to capitalize on human laziness and that. Right. Um, I like the idea of them maybe doing kind of like Netflix did with like Roma and Bird Box and Bright. Granted, those last two aren't great examples of Netflix movies. No. (laughs) No. Uh Bright, especially. <laughs> I wish I could wash my eyes out after watching Bright, but it had so much potential, but it fell flat. It's such a cool premise. How do you fuck that up? How do you try I, to tell a, an allegory about race and accidentally make it racist? Like that's impressive know. to me. I don't that's know. In, that's impressive. Like we're like you're like ooh yeah like racism is bad. Also, most of this movie relies on racial stereotypes. It's fucking hilarious. It's it fails. At it's really sad. <laughs> it fails at everything it tries to do. It's hysterical. But I will say, I think the only Netflix released movies that I truly enjoyed were The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Outlaw King. Yeah, those were good. Rover those were was fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, and like uh, you know, this like a streaming movies basically. Yeah. Now, if could Disney do streaming movies? Absolutely, that's a fantastic idea. I'd love for them to do like movies that are meant to be released on Disney Plus for like. And if you're subscribed to Disney Plus, hey, lucky you, you get to watch this when it comes out. Right, cool. but but not the not the blockbuster anticipated films of the year. Yeah, or like maybe if you have a Disney Plus subscription. You know, you'll it'll come to Disney Plus before home release. Right, right. That would be cool. I'd like that a lot because I'm I know I'm going to get a Disney Plus. So I'll happily, you know, for seven dollars a month, you know, three live action Star Wars TV shows, Clone Wars, all of these Marvel shows, the entire Disney catalog minus like the really unfortunate shit like Song of the South. Yeah, you know. I mean, okay, it's not going to be on Disney Plus because I know you and your sister had that conversation. I I know, but but like part of me is disappointed though because I want to see it to just to see (laughs) it. Yeah, I know, me too. I kind of want to watch it. And as as much as as much as I am all for you know Disney correcting the 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 racial implications of some of their earlier stuff. You know, when was the last time we saw any of the Disney made, you know, World War II propaganda movies fe- featuring <laughs> the Japanese? You know, it's been a while and for good reason because it's it's somewhat heinous and defensive. But in but in any case, you know, Song is Song of the South is is infamously hush hush, you know. Yeah. They sweep they've swept that movie so far under the rug. 
that the, the, they got the only a second th- rug to put that rug it, under. exactly and a trap door <laughs> underneath both of them leading to a, a a straight shaft down to to the the movie vault to beat all movie vaults you know i want to see it just to see it <laughs> but just anyway to see that, like you burned your eyes with song of the south you know um i just you know i'm a historian my interest oh, is yeah. in is in perspective, but in any, any in any case, we're, yeah, we're like I said, digressing like Disney, slightly. The, yeah, that, yeah, but like all of these Disney movies, basically, like yeah. seven ninety nine for the entire Disney catalog. Like I said, minus that shit, plus all of the Star Wars, plus all of the Marvel, plus all of the Pixar, and I feel like throwing like in that little added bonus of oh hey, there will be exclusive uh-huh. movies here. And you will get home release early. That kind of platform agnostic, I like that. I'll take that. You know, just don't don't mess with my theaters. Yeah, I I I would be shocked if they did that. But it's also like they could pull it off. Unfortunately, they could. They could pull it off. Like I would like to hope that Disney is not going to just be like, "Hey, straight profit to us." To be like, "Okay, you already pay seven ninety nine for this service." Throw us an extra two bucks. We'll let you watch Captain Marvel two on here at home yeah. right now. I yeah. So it's it's like scary. Said, that, that phrase "platform agnostic" kind of caught my eye, and I was like, "Oh boy." Um, you know, uh, following up on the be intricately linked and uh, tied into the storytelling and the narrative that has been unspooled on the big screen over the past couple of years. No one else is doing that. Um, and they said Avengers Endgame will arrive on Disney Plus on December 11th, roughly a month after uh, Disney Plus goes live. Uh, beyond film. Yeah, okay. So basically... And then they he also like kind of capped off the Marvel conversation with, at some point we're going to get very ambitious about what we do with Marvel at Shanghai. <laughs> right, <laughs> which is the Bob Iger <laughs> sentence I've ever heard yeah. in my entire life. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I think, that... think Bob Iger is going to go down in history as like the most like. As like the goat CEO, <laughs> like that's a good way of putting it. I don't like I, after what he's done with Star Wars and Marvel and Disney. Like this, it's insane. It it's, it's insane. He there's is a goat. Another, there's another. There's not another CEO that has this kind of power and. For damn sure, not another CEO who is just crushing the game like this. So, let's talk from Bobby Ikes. Um, here, talk about the fucking poster. I'm taking. All right, um, I'm putting Jared down for his nap. We're gonna talk about <laughs> the poster. There's not a whole lot to say about the poster, besides that it exists. Um, and it looks like every other Disney poster. This is the first Dark Phoenix poster we've gotten since the Disney buyout. And it, it looks does. exactly it like looks the Force just, Awakens poster. It looks exactly it, like the Aladdin poster. It looks exactly like this one. It is so funny, and I don't I know mean, why they keep doing this. I mean, I like the color scheme 
Me too. Because it, it's very vibrant. It looks like it's very much akin to the Endgame posters that were released late, like a, like a couple weeks before the movie came out. Like it, oh, it's yeah. very very vibrant colors. But we, you have this very standard Disney template, um, bottom left to t- top right diagonal, you know, shape. <laughs> it's. It basically does look like every poster that Disney has ever made, to tell you the truth. I mean, Michael Fassbender's looking like a bay, as always. Sophie Turner's smoking, using the force. She, she, she looks like she's moving with her mind. Yeah. Hold on. Here, because I saw... Okay, here it is. Yeah, no, I just... I found this, and it was like, said something to the effect of, it seems like the guy who made like the people, the graphics team at Disney is just one guy who does the same thing for every movie. Yeah, probably. Hold on, no, look at this. Look at it. It's Dark Phoenix next to Force Awakens next to Aladdin, and it's hysterical. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, the resemblance! It's the same poster. <laughs> It is. I'm dying. Oh my Looking gosh. At look at that. <laughs> like you don't same realize colors. you look at all three. Same colors. Same, same layout. Same like, of blue and orange and red. Unbe freaking leaveable. Oh, Here you just... have opened my eyes. That is something I I don't know why that is so entertaining. I don't know Probably why I think because that is so it is damn funny, but it is. But yeah, uh, it exists. Uh, Dark Phoenix comes out what next month? We're gonna see it. I'm gonna have to like drink a five. Keep your eyelids open. I have no desire to see this movie. It looks so boring. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't care because I because like. I know it's all. Everything's gonna get rebooted, and it's gonna be better. But and dang, it's, it's X three all over again, including the jacket. Ugh. It's I don't I, I I don't I don't want to shit on this movie. But it's it's hard to not. It's hard not to because like again, X Men Apocalypse is so painfully fucking mediocre. Yeah, and like. Days of Future Past was alright, you know? Like, Days of Future Past was kind of like its own mini Last Jedi situation where, like, people either loved it or hated it. Yeah. There wasn't as much vitriol in that conversation. True. (laughs) Like, it had its own, like, super divisiveness. And, you know, I I enjoyed uh, Days of Future Past, but I just... I liked it because it at least attempted to fix the mess that was X3. Well, yeah, but, like, have you seen, like, the marketing push that they're doing all of a sudden for Dark Phoenix? No. On Instagram? Whenever we're done, go on the X-Men Instagram page. They have been doing this huge, like, retrospective with, like, all of the movies, barring Deadpool. 
and have been doing this big like remembrance of all of the X-Men movies and like they're kind of acting like this is X-Men's endgame. Like people have yeah, been as invested not. in the X-Men <laughs> movies as they have been in the core MCU. Like, no offense, but what the fuck? Sorry, but no. No, no. I I care more about the shawarma scene than I do about this entire movie. <laughs> like, it sucks to say that, because I love the X-Men. But it, I know, but it, it, it's just not taking a wonderful turn. And it's, it's Every X-Men movie has been the same movie. It's been the same core... There's a threat, and Magneto and Charles both recognize it as a threat and have different ways of solving it. And like they might work together, but also might not. Crosses him, and um, there's a conversation about you know I was always right, Charles. And then Quicksilver runs and does a thing to a cool song, which and, I don't mind. That's a good I don't thing. mind. <laughs> you know, oh. But that's the other thing is like it looks like the cool, fun Quicksilver running scene is gonna happen when Mystique gets fucking murdered. Yeah. Which, so like we're gonna get, well, and I think we talked about this on the air before, but like the whiplash that's gonna come from is pretty. Of like him like running to like whatever song they're gonna you know like you know it'll be like you know speed like super speed slow motion like she's my cherry bye there's Mystique with a fucking wood plank in her eye. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, you know, and like they'll they they might like throw a bone and like have like a very brief reference to Wolverine. Maybe because you know they 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 know they can talk about Wolverine and get asses and seats. That's basically it's, the only way at this point. It, you know, like I, it needs this MCU rebranding so badly, and that's why they said they're not touching the X Men for like five years. Like they need to just let they need to let it reset. Yeah, they need to let it kind of fall out of public consciousness for a minute, and then get to work. But you know, I'll see it, and I hope I'm wrong. Like I hope I walk out of Dark Phoenix eating my words. That would be impressive if they managed to pull that off. Like I want to get on. Like I want to see Dark Phoenix come home, get on the air with you, and you make fun of me for how much I shit on this movie. But looks painfully mediocre. Everything here has just been so meh and aggressively meh because Fox has not really put that much care into making these movies successful because it's been, we have to keep the rights to keep it away from Disney. And now none of that matters. Yeah. And, you know, you can't cancel Dark Phoenix. I don't think they should because people put a whole lot of work into it. But, like, when you're, when the trailer comes out, and you subsequently have to push the movie back, like what, half a year? Because it was supposed to come out in February. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, that's about a half a year. And like, yeah. and got pushed back to June, the day after the trailer came out. That terrifies me for what might be in the movie. And what they might have to Frankenstein's monster out of this movie. Like, I don't, I've not had a lot of faith in Fox since Fan Force. No. 
<laughs> and I like because again, like we've seen how paint by numbers, how movie by committee Fox can be. I have no interest, and it's it's the movies that they go, okay, go do your own thing, are the best ones. Deadpool and Logan are the two best of the Fox X Men movies because the studio went, it's rated R. We're not going to give it that much money, so it can't fail that hard. And then both of those mm-hmm. money, both of those movies made bang because they were solid. <laughs> and Logan fucked around and got a nomination for screenplay at the Oscars. Oddly so, enough, <laughs> yeah. okay, you go. But yeah, Dark Phoenix poster, yay! Hopefully, I like the movie. Well, there's only one way to find out, unfortunately. But <laughs> let's move right along to the heat of today's episode. We're going to have a short debate right here, right now, which uh, all started because of a, a Instagram poll that Jared put out about a week ago. Well, it started with a – okay, again, this is why you need a Twitter. Um, it started on Twitter. And I saw Dan Miller of Broaxium, uh, Chris Dan Miller, um, get your T-shirt on T-Public, who made a comment about how he did not think Broaxium, didn't think Broaxium, didn't think Batman was worthy of lifting Mjolnir. And I was like, I categorically disagree with you. Um, I think Batman, though Batman at the beginning and the end of his career would not be worthy. However, Batman in his prime would lift it no issue. Dan and I kind of started jawing behind the scenes about it. And then I'm like, okay. And then I put my thing on Instagram. Settle a bet with Bro Axiom. Is Batman worthy? Yay or nay? I voted nay. You voted nay. I voted nay. And then when I realized you voted nay, I was like, oh, yay. Uh, <laughs> I host a podcast with this gentleman, and we can argue about this on the air. So here we are. Uh, very narrowly, Batman lost the vote on my Instagram poll. Uh, it was like by one or two votes, actually. Um, it almost went to Batman. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to give you the floor here. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, my argument is is pretty plain. It's not that nuanced. It's just based around Batman's approach to solving the problem. And Batman has the good heart. He has the heart that wants to stop bad guys and keep the peace and protect citizens. That's all well and good. But the approach is is what kills it for me, I think, where, you know, Batman is going to and, – and the, sa- the same thing with Thor. They both have the mindset where they will do what they have to do to get the job done, to save the day, to save the – so everything can work out and be fine again and put whoever this guy is behind bars or – if necessary, put him under, right? 
but I think that Batman's approach to doing that is much more reckless. It's much, it, it, he has no regard for the lives of the people that he's trying to stop in the sense that, yes, Thor, who would lift Mjolnir and Cap, who can lift Mjolnir as confirmed in the comics and in Endgame, hurrah, hurrah. You know, Steve, <laughs> Steve still has a care in his heart on some level for what happens to the people that he's trying to stop. And like, yes, I will stop you alive if I can, dead if necessary, but that doesn't mean I'm going to like it. I'm not going to like putting you six feet under, but it needs to be done, so I'm going to do it. Whereas, and I think you and I have talked about this before, where you have said that with to to an extent with Batman's justice it's it's like this needs to be done for the good of the order but that doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy beating the crap out of you you know yes. and that and that mindset it's just it it's really difficult for me to think that he himself can be worthy when he has such a sadistic enjoyment on a very like base level i'm not saying that batman is a psychopath or anything but well that's it that's a debate for another day i think (laughs) that's a different conversation (laughs) is the mental health of bruce wayne but but, you know to on a very basic level batman has a sadistic you know enjoyment for making the bad guys suffer you know he beats people practically to death with his bare hands yeah he won't he won't kill them he doesn't use guns because oh no i have a i have a i have a i have a moral code says the guy who would just as easily beat somebody to death with his bare hands can you walk back a little bit um because i don't know if it cut out on like the end of tj recording oh okay i lost you a little bit there if you could like go back like a second or two i will recap just a little bit um Right. So like the, the the catch with me is that I have a hard time thinking that someone like Batman who has such a sadistic enjoyment of beating the crap out of people with his bare hands, people who, you know, need to be stopped, people who can't go on causing havoc in society, arguably should be stopped dead or alive, you know, that kind of mentality. You know, he's doing the right thing. By stopping the bad guy, but he enjoys it way too much. You know, Steve, like like I said, Steve is going to put somebody in the ground if he has to. Steve Rogers will do that, but he's going to feel bad about it afterwards. Even even freaking um, Bucky Barnes, you know, in Civil War, I was watching it the other day in my um, Endgame you know, withdrawal, like a couple <laughs> days after Endgame, like. I, watch all marvel movies now i was re-watching cap civil war and you know when the line that stuck with me at, coming out out of that movie that completely justified me being on team cap for that and again we've had this discussion so many times and <laughs> we can table this we yeah. <laughs> we can table that argument for another day as well but you know, Tony whispers in Bucky's ear. He's like, "Do you even remember them?" And he's like, "I remember all of them." And that's sort of a that's sort of a mindset toward the killing. That like, yes, I did it, but I'm sorry about it. 
Yeah. You know, I'm sorry that it came to that. And I don't think Batman has ever been sorry that it came to him needing to put someone in the ground to stop them. You know, he did it with Joker at the end of uh, Killing Joke. I think that's the right one. You know, they, they're just kind of like sitting there. He could take him into custody, but he kills him instead. Well, that's at a, least, that's, at least that, that's what we're meant to believe at the end it, at the end of the book. It used to be that was before they tried to make Killing Joke canon. Um, when the story originally came out, it was that was supposed like the final moment was Batman killing, right, or seemingly killing Joke. It's now, implied. It, it's implied because like the laughing abruptly stops is like the quote unquote camera looks right. Um, but. It went after they incorporated Killing Joke into canon, and the Joker still pops up. Kind of, it you, you can't really imply, oh, maybe he killed him, or you can introduce the whole three Jokers theory and all of that. But blah blah blah. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Um, so that that is, I'm just gonna say that that is the basis for my argument, and I'm handing the floor over to you for rebuttal. Mm. You are absolutely right in the context of a Batman who is very early into his career, who does take a cathartic enjoyment in his brutality. That said, after he meets and trains Dick Grayson and meets and trains and loses Jason Todd, and Barbara Gordon is viciously attacked by the Joker. And he befriends Clark Kent and Diana and founds the Justice League. The people around Bruce truly soften that part of him for the better. Almost permanently. Almost permanently. Um, Mm -hmm. And I say almost because if it truly was that way, uh, we wouldn't have the Dark Knight Returns. Right. <laughs> Simply Which, put. I can't picture a world where we don't have the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> it is a natural progression of that story that eventually he does um, snap and succumb to his worst impulses with his pseudo-addiction to Batman. Right. Um, however... I think at the pinnacle of his career, when he's a part of the Justice League, when he's regularly around people who are, by nature, for lack of a better word, better people, they rub off on him in a very big way. And I think that that sadistic, like, you know, I'm going to beat this thumb into a pulp. And his whole um, ideal of criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. I'm going to be something that they fear. I'm going to be this force of nature that no one understands one is afraid of. He, A, is able to capitalize on the amount of fear he struck early in his career. So Batman doesn't really have to be that raw, merciless thing 
at a, to at a certain point. He just doesn't have to anymore. He, he's coasting on his rep. Yeah, he because when he, there comes a point where like there will be some random thug in Gotham, and when they see the silhouette and see the cape and the giant shoulders and the ears, they're already that, running the other direction. Yeah, yeah. That at that point, the thug shits his pants and puts the gun down and says, "You can just take me in. I'm not even going to try." Right. You know, he's able to just. Yeah, that's why. So that's why Batman's threats eventually come from these existential opponents. That's why it turns most Batman, big Batman stories boil down to some insane terrorist plot by the Joker or the assassins or Riddler or whatever, because most like, like foot soldier thugs know not to fuck with Batman. At least the smart ones. At least the smart ones. So they know, so he doesn't really have to do the whole, you know, I'm going to snap your arm off and then break your kneecap and like tangle you up upside down and leave you through GCPD. (laughs) So because he doesn't have to do that anymore, he doesn't. And there is a, there is a kindness that is always inside of Bruce's heart. Even at his worst moments, there is a compassion and desire for everyone to make it out alive. Um, because he never wants there to be another kid like him, and like that—that's why the no kill rule exists. Um, that's why one of my favorite moments in the Justice League animated series, whenever they like go to the alternate reality, where like it's basically injustice, but the whole Justice League is doing what Superman did. Right. Um, you know, there's a moment where he's like facing down with himself, like he's in a, a Batman from an alternate reality, and that Batman, um basically says something to the you know batman's like yo this is he's like this is a fascist regime he's like you people rule by fear there's nothing you know there's no hope here everyone's just running for their lives because they're afraid of you and they're afraid of clark and they're afraid of everyone else and eventually the alternate reality bruce says something to the effect of yes because that way there's never going to be another eight-year-old kid who watches watches his parents bleed out the gutter And then Batman, like, literally physically drops his battering and says, okay, you got me. So, like, there is an impetus there where he is so prepared to do anything to guarantee the safety of life. And, yes, it does lead him down a darker path, but eventually being around better people shows him there's another way. Now, I'm going to keep going back to the Justice League cartoon because – the animated universe is the best representation of these characters, in my opinion. I, yeah, I agree. I've, I, I, don't, I don't think that they have been better realized anywhere else other than in Justice League cartoon and in Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Series, and so on and so forth. But Bruce, in one of my favorite, favorite episodes, um, Superman is seemingly killed in combat um not actually but they build a huge monument to him and there's a scene where batman goes to pay his respects and if you compare that batman who is um who's holding on to hope that because he's like i don't think he's like there's no body i don't think clark's dead there's not a body he's alive That the Batman from the very beginning of his career to that point 
who is talking about, you know, he, he says basically, you know, you show me that there's another way. You show me that justice doesn't always have to come from the shadows. You, you, you taught me that being hopeful isn't the same thing as being. And I do think Clark and the, all of the Bat family have a profound impact on that when the rubber meets the road in Batman's prime, he doesn't take enjoyment in the brutality the way he used to. He, as a person, is far more compassionate by default and has a need to guarantee survival of as many people as possible. Even if it's the guy that he's currently digging his boot into, he's going to go out of his way to make sure that asshat makes it out alive. Even if it means putting himself in jeopardy. So, I think someone who is that strong, you take all of that, and I think all of that kind of dis, dis, um, no, it cancels out the brutality of his earlier and later days as Batman. Well, again, when he's in his prime. Now you take all of that, and then you you just look at who he is, like as like how he arrives at being Batman, and the training, and the determination, and what drives him, and that like unbending need to protect and defend. I think that makes him worthy. Okay. That 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 like <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say psychotic need because like it makes him sound like a zealot even though he kind of is, but like that need to protect. Like he does a lot of immoral things even in his best days, but there is a. It does come from a pure place. And he exists as this icon of fear to the people who should be afraid of him. And for good reason. So I, I do think that like when the rubber meets the road, he would be able to lift the hammer. But, yeah. I think you make a good point about the the golden years of 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 Batman, you know, being surrounded by 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 Dick and 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 Clark and and the whole the whole family, you know. I don't know if I'm 100% convinced, but I will I will say that it I I think it's feasible. It's uh it's like uh the in between like when when myth plausible, that's what MythBusters calls it. Plausible. Yeah. I I will I will give you plausible, but I'm not 100 percent convinced. You yeah, you know, like, said, like Batman Year One or Long Halloween, Batman. No way, no way. That he can lift the hammer. Not a chance. And conversely, Dark Knight Returns, Batman cannot lift the hammer because he is fucking insane at that point. 
Like there is no debate as to whether or not that man's crazy by the time of Dark Knight comes. He's out of his mind and is not worthy. But at the height of his career, when he is his best self, I think. Fair enough. Any closing remarks? Uh, I did want to, just as you mentioned the Cat Winter Soldier thing, I saw this thing on Twitter. Okay. This is why you need a Twitter. Um, nope. <laughs> this has become the running joke. Um, someone, this is the Russo said in an interview, and like next week we can talk. Give them another week to spin their wheels, but they're like over explaining Endgame, and it's like kind of ruining certain parts of it a little bit. And this is one that I disagree with them on, where they said that they think that Cap could always lift the hammer and could have during Age of Ultron and chose not to out of respect for Thor. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, sorry, sorry, Joe. I. I'm not with but, you there. What my I saw this thing on Twitter and it's become my headcanon for MCU Cap that Steve was worthy and the hammer did budge because he is worthy at his core. But when he learned about Bucky killing the Starks and he kept that secret that his worthiness took a nosedive and that by telling the secret and being able to take the lid off of that whole fucked up situation with Tony right he, he, t- did, he, he took it on the chin he, he took he it did. on the chin and he was able to just have that catharsis of you know guilt and I kept the secret right. from you and I'm sorry whatever um, he dealt with it oh my god you know yeah. how Logan and I share a Spotify and like I can occasionally see what he's listening to yeah Logan is listening to Dubac right now really well, he just, well, got, well. just got exposed with <laughs> <laughs> him no, anyway. no way this is exposed <laughs> I hope Zach Carroll listens because that was all Zach Carroll jokes right there. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I really, really like the idea that like he was able to lift it be- and end game because he was like finally his conscience was clear. Right. Uh, I like that idea. And I don't like the idea that he just didn't lift it out of respect for Thor's ego. No, that's... that. No, no. I like the idea that the hammer is budged. And the hammer goes, you are worthy, just not right now. Yeah. Between being a big measuring contest and you having really deep-seated guilt. You know, try again later. Yeah, come back. Come back when you feel better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come back when you tell Tony what happened. Um... Yeah, I really like that idea. Uh, But yeah, I think that's all. Um, Those of you who do listen to Hall of Heroes and do have all of the social medias, 
um, tweet at me, and I will show Spencer the tweets, um, what you think about the whole uh, Batman being worthy argument, because I think this is a really interesting conversation. And one of my favorite things to talk about is how dangerous Batman can be and is whenever he actually has some amount of superish powers behind him. Um, I, you know, when you have someone who is a master martial artist who already can defeat everyone on the Justice League, now has a mystical thunder god hammer. <laughs> things, things get kind of dicey. <laughs> Oh, I don't man. even. I don't. I wouldn't want to watch what what would happen after that. It oh my god! Can you brutal. imagine like a like a Batman Superman showdown if he had Mjolnir? No contest. That would be gnarly. Because like, because a Clark, Superman's weak against magic, and like, depending on your definition and what canon we're working with. Mjolnir can be classified as a magical item. Right. If Bruce is worthy and he's packing kryptonite, Clark is so fucked. <laughs> like that is that is gonna be a bloodbath. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want to watch. I, I would look away. I'd be so duh. That's my kind of carnage. I'd watch the hell out of that. Fight. I know you would. <sighs> oh man but yeah I think that's all for me uh, Spencer even though you don't have a Twitter where can the lovely people find you on social media not on Twitter um, but you can find me on Insta uh, at Spenceman Cosplays um, you want to tell yeah, them about July I don't have, I don't have a Twitter <laughs> you want to tell um, them about July because we're making plans uh, we, are, we are making some plans Jared and myself and Joel as well. If he's Maybe. available that weekend, I'd like to a lot. Yeah, it'd be cool if he could come as well. But we are trying to put together a trip to uh, Wizard World in yeah. July. And so if we can make that happen, it would be a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll see some of you guys there. Um, those who frequent comic cons, <laughs> yeah. But, Those who frequent cons and listen to your local Pittsburgh podcasts, yeah, um, like like us, like us. So I already have to get your measurements for it, because um, I want it to be exact. And I'm gonna go rogue a little bit here because you're gonna have to find out before you get it, unlike Joel did. Um, the suspense is killing me, man. The. Joel and I are teaming up to get you a Henry Cavill style Superman suit. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that so, as soon as I agreed to to do Superman with you at Comic Con as Batman, I knew that something like this would happen. Yeah. Well. Um, Ah, I don't think I don't think any of my co any cosplay people. Ah, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever. I was trying to keep the fact that the Batman's coming really soon under wraps. It was like well, not a lot of people know that I finally found an armor person, but you posted something recently, though. So anyway, Jerry, I have to that up on a private account, but um, tell us what your Twitter handle is. 
since it is the same you're as the my only Instagram one that's handle. got one. Yeah, unless on this show at least. Um, come hit me up on Twitter at Dark Jedi twenty five fifty two. Same thing on Instagram and follow Spencer and my cosplay group, New Regime Cosplay. What what? Uh, be sure to follow all of the Dubac social media, uh, Dubac podcast or Dubac discussion. Look them up on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Pardon me. Uh, be sure to check out our website, uh, www.dubacdiscussion.net. We got news. We got all the podcasts there as well. We have our merch. Check out our tea public. Um, get our new hashtag Chris Dan Miller t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> Uh, which started as an inside joke that has now become a t-shirt, which is the best kind of t-shirt. True um, that. Check that out and be sure to check out Dubac Discussion and Gorin Moore as well. Uh, I think that is all for me, Spencer. Any closing that, thoughts? That is all. All right. Well, in that case, be sure to tune in at the same bat time to the same bat channel. We love you guys 3000. Peace. Yeah. Another one. You know it's Will Smith and DJ Khaled. Uh, too late, y'all done wound me up. Too late, y'all done wound me up. About to show you what I'm working with. It's the Alibaba, it's the Big Papa, it's the Blue. Jasmine like a flower, it's the Ooh. graduations, it don't even cost a dollar huh. You got in on the carpet when you rotten, wanna holler like Hey, tell me where you wanna go Hold up, don't tell me I already know Watch out, it's a genie with an attitude Three wishes, what I need to make true Mr. Mister, 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 tell me whatever you need Anything rearranged, even climate can change You ain't never, never had a friend like me never. Just a lamp in the rug, away from whatever you want Habibi, let me show you the dream Just whisper if you don't wanna shout out what you need But I promise you ain't never had a friend like me Tell the angels and gods, pass the block of the bar Make them travel from close, so make them travel from far Well, this is your chance, man, wish from the soul When I'm out of the lamp, man, I'm out of control I got gold on my shoes, temple with jewels A room for wise men and plenty for fools I don't want you to lose, trying to help you, do. You ain't never had a friend like me Never! Big time! Big time! Wish big time! Big time! Flex on them, shine on them, style on them, slide on them, slide on them, two fly on them, just glide on them. Cool as a fan, the coolest, bluest, one of them all. You can wish to be rich, you can wish to be tall, you can wish away the haters, you just give me your call. You can wish for what you want, cause I'm granting them all. Mister, mister, tell me whatever you need. Anything rearranged, even climate could change You ain't never had a friend like me never. Just a lamp and a rub away from whatever you want Habibi, let me show you the dream Habibi. Just whisper if you don't wanna shout out what you need But I promise you ain't never had a friend like me Please don't get me started Fly like magic carpet You ain't never had a friend, never had a friend Never, never. never had a friend, never had a friend Never! Never.